We spent almost two hours of a show last week talking about doctors, and it stemmed from the survey that indicated we could see one in four Ontarians without a family doctor by 2026. And we know that there are doctor shortages. We know that there are a number of factors that go into that. So we wanted to set out because one of the things that we did on the show was we were able to hear from a number of people on a number of different things, but we were able to talk with Dr. Akram, who called in, and he had basically come to Canada. His wife had come to Canada. Both had medical training. Both were doctors. I think Dr. Akram had said he was from Bangladesh, and yet they were not able to practice in the same way here, even though they they took the test that you have to take and passed the test. And then we heard about another doctor, I think Deborah had called in and said she worked with a doctor from Egypt who actually had to go through to the beginning of med school all over again. So we set out at that point to find someone who we could speak with who could talk to us about this and maybe even offer some solutions. And we did some searching, and that's where we found Dr. Shafi Bullion. And Dr. Bullion is an assistant professor in the Division of Clinical Public Health at the Dalai Lama School of Public Health at the University of Toronto. But he's been through this. Here is Dr. Bullion with his story, along with the struggles physicians from other countries face when trying to come to Canada and ultimately practice. I'm a physician, but I love to teach in the university. I joined the uh, University of uh, Osaka, Japan, and, and study and work there. And then I came to Canada. Not my intention is to practice medicine, uh, even though I'm a doctor, because I know the Canada practicing is very uh, difficult, cumbersome process. And I love public health, which is very much needed to support many people. If I am the physician, I can help only one or two people or 10 people. But if I'm a public health specialist, I can teach many people so things will get better. But what I am observing, witnessing, and what I listen from my student, like let's say I teach about over 500 uh, international trained physicians in Canada last 10 years, and uh, from the uh, 25 to 30 countries origin. What I know is really very difficult, complex process. Uh, so once you have a five years, 10 years, 15 years experience, you you got the PR and you expect you come here and you will get the opportunity or road or, or pathway to practice. But this is not so easy as I sound. Uh, but thankfully, we are working hard to promote the people like you helping us to advocate and things are changing. But if I tell you why it is so difficult, because many stakeholders are involved with this. Like he said, she said story. Let's say I am a physician. I came to Canada, then I have to uh, make a uh, hard work to prove myself I'm a physician, which is start controversy because I got the immigration because I'm a physician or I'm a health professional. So the number one, uh, you know, funny things is there. Then you go to uh, source verification by doing all sorts of online things. And then it's delay or waiting or stress and you finish it then you are qualified to attend the Medical Council of Canada examinations. So then it means called, um, uh, uh, what do you call the MCCQE1, 
okay. abbreviation uh, uh, medical uh, uh, council of canada qualifying exam one and then you pass you should be very proud i pass i can practice yeah. no, i can be a doctor but you're saying no, no it's not the case no. no and then you wait and you wait and you wait for the the royal college of canada physician surgeon to be certify you your qualifications made uh, to practice in canada and to do that you have to do another sorts of job which is you have to apply for residency position to prove yourself uh, that you can practice in this country so this is the prerequisite of the the, the licensure so then you apply you pass you have a, you have a lmcc license but you cannot practice or you cannot get accepted for residency for example very uh, very interesting uh, last 5 years is things changing or 10 years changing uh, last 2023 uh, residency match in early uh, round 1 555 555 itmds or itps or imgs whatever name you said they they got admitted for residency positions despite okay. of thousands of thousands of people waiting but on the other hand 3000 um, on the other hand, over over nearly 3000 canadian graduate got the residency position but for their quota is a 55 unmatched and also 110 totally unmatched residency position back end it means that 165 nobody's there despite of you have hundreds of people waiting uh, and you only accept 555 which is i also don't understand yeah because they, they pass they're waiting only yeah. for the system yeah, only for the policy you could not take this on that is the struggle that's that's wild those numbers are wild. we're talking with dr shafi boyan and we're talking about doctors who have qualifications in other uh, other countries and maybe this is part of the conversation too because the example i used is dr boyan what if i went to the united states and i found a surf shop that offered me an md and i went to the surf shop and i said i want to become a doctor and the guy behind the counter who has surfboards went yeah yeah i'll get you a certificate just a second here you go and he writes out a certificate and i take it and i come back to canada and i say i'm a doctor we of course want to stop that from happening Yes. But is is there not a, a meet in the middle in terms of, you know, the education that is received in other countries and the education that they claim is required in Canada? I think if I give you an example in, in Bangladesh, so which is my home country. So our education standard is British recognized. The British Medical Council, what they trained, we also trained the same thing. We read the same English book, same procedure, same process we follow. So nothing wrong with that. So, so Britain recognizes it and Canada does not necessarily recognize it. Exactly. That's the, that's, this is not weird. So there's so many uh, discrepancies you can see in the system, but nobody is paying attention in the past. But as I said, last 10 years is getting improved. So we know international trained physicians, opportunity and uh, looking for opportunity. We know Canadians are struggling to get the 2.5 million Canadian not getting physician. So there should be a role by the policymaker government to act quickly so that it will be a serious win-win uh, situation for all of us. So government can say or policymaker bureaucrats say we adopt a new system. That's why people can come and join. The Canadian can say we also got the service we need. And international trained physicians can say, oh, my God, Canada is a great country, is it, is it real? Because we got the opportunity what we train for. 
And this is a, one of the low hanging fruit, my friend, Mike, because they are here in front of you without any dollar investment by the Canadian. Imagine you want to prepare because I, uh, my daughter got uh, uh, doctor MD from US. I know how much money we spend for her MD. Lots. So Canada spend not a single dollar for us. Thousands yeah. of thousand people. That is opportunity cost. You can right away hire one person, save millions of dollars. And another 25, 35, 40 years you service, you give another $40 million for each person contributing to the economy. So you inject the economy. So there is a, not a better reason. There's no other reason to stop that happening because Canada is a great country. So, but system need to upgrade. And that's where we will go when we come back. We're talking with Dr. Shaffrey Bullion, and Dr. Bullion is with the University of Toronto. So he's got a way to fix this. So there he illustrated the issues with the system itself, with a lot of the bureaucracy that goes on, with the idea that the U.K. recognizes doctors from Bangladesh. We don't in the same way in Canada. Huh? How? And it's leaving everybody scratching their heads. We are talking right now about doctors who are trained in other countries and who come to Canada and then have to go through this rigmarole of a process. And it's not very often that you can throw rigmarole into a conversation these days and have it seem to make sense. It's an old word, but I can't think of a better word for what we've just been hearing from Dr. Shafi Bullion, who says you can take the exam, but then, you know, getting into... A residency is difficult, and, and why would you even need to get into a residency? Why do we put people through this? Why are we filling up spots that way? So what about a solution? Well, Dr. Bullion has thought long and hard about a solution. Here is Dr. Shafi Bullion, who is an assistant professor in the Division of Clinical Public Health at the University of Toronto. Here is Dr. Bullion on how he would fix this situation. If I even have the chance to do solve the problem, it, it will take only week or month to solve the issue. Because you have to think big that Canada, 2.5 million people are not getting service for, for them from the physician. On the other hand, the interested physician is sidelined, which they already completed their exams. We also show their experience, 10, 15 years experience. They work in the low resource setting and they can easily handle with the limited resource in the uh, in the north or in the other remote area too. But we are not utilizing. So that's bugging me. Why not policymaker, government, and academia? Uh, so think about it, how to solve the problem. So well, number one is give the merit-based merit-based recruitment. So no matter what, the, once they all pass the exam, everybody should the same plot. Yeah, so you've no proven you can do it. Of, yeah, I can do it. So you can do one approach. Second okay. is second is increase the residency spot. So Canada is not a poor country. They they cannot provide a couple of millions of dollars to adopt these things despite of their people are dying. People are suffering. It's important. So if you can uh, recruit 555, why not 1,000 you recruit? Because you're readily available. You don't have to produce. Yes, government is now taking new action, especially Ontario government and the British Columbia government, 
like uh, creating a three medical school. You may know that one is the UFT Scarborough Campus Medical School, Scarborough Health Science Academy, and also Toronto Metropolitan University in, in Brampton, another UBC. So three medical school is coming from 2025. Another opportunity I can see light end of the tunnel. You know that if you open the medical school, the first year, second year, third year, fourth year, so you have a student. But when you're new medical school, there's no student. Right. So then you open and you recognize as a medical school. So you can start residency position right away. It means you don't have any Canadian student. So in this three three years. But everybody years, already has their training. They just, in that first year, become exactly. residents instantly. Exactly. You got it. So you can get 100, 100 plus, multiply 300 people extra you can take every year. So over the four years, you can see thousands of doctors you can readily recruit, number one. Number two, you make it, as I said first, the merit-based, you open up the serial. Once people uh, finish their uh, licensure exam or uh, uh, MCQE1, then everybody should be same. Canadian students also pass, international students also pass. So open up. So those who are married, so you just recruit or make a merit list or make a wait list. Who will go what? And number three, you can easily solve each province-wise that once people come and a residency in, in each province, each province we have a, a hospitals, each hospital, you create new positions. Like if you have a 10 doctors in the hospital and you have to close the emergency room for the lacking of hospital, why not you recruit the hospitalist in turn uh, under the Canadian physicians? Those are working like a 10 physician, then you can recruit two physician for that hospital to assist you, like assistant physician. So they will practice and they will learn culture, communication, and all the ethics and procedure. And you just you just hire them and, and you make a pipeline and they can absorb in the system slowly, slowly, and it will be better evidence-based practice. So these three solutions, I have it, and I give you and your viewer uh, or listener free of charge. <laughs> government is not listening. If they listen, they should act now. Yeah. Why delay? I don't understand. Yeah. Dr. Boyan, this has been brilliant. You've given a very easy solution to this. It's one that I think we're all scratching our heads as to, okay, if it's that easy, why aren't we doing it? But I think you've solved that by saying there's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of stuff going on with different parts of the system. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. And I uh, hope to talk to you again if you need more clarification. I love that is Dr. Shafi Boyan. And Dr. Bullion is an assistant professor in the Division of Clinical Public Health at the University of Toronto. So in his mind, easy is one, two, three. We have the money. We need to increase spaces. And we need to, for those doctors who have been trained elsewhere, we need to cut down on some of the hoops. We need to make it easy. As he says, if you open a medical school, yeah, medical schools are going to say, well, then we can't put anybody into residency for X amount of years. Yeah, but if you're bringing in doctors who are already qualified to that point, you can do it in your first year. Why aren't we looking at things like that? Instead, we sit back and complain that we don't have enough physicians, that we don't have enough family physicians. When here's someone who has gone through the entire process, who knows how intricate it can be, who knows the bureaucracy of it, who's saying, yeah, but it's a one, two, three fix. Seriously? One, two, three fix. He outlined it really well. 